Before I dive into today's episode, I wanted to let you know that I will be taking the next several weeks off. When I come back, I'll have lots of great new content for you. If there is a topic or health concern you'd like me to cover, please email us at info at eat4.life with your thoughts. Thanks for being a loyal listener. I look forward to connecting with you after the break. You start seeing that irritability come down. You start seeing that anxiety start to drop. When we go and clear out parasites, it's like taking the load off someone's shoulders. I'm a, I'm a lifter. I like to go to the gym. So the way I mentioned this is the way my program works is if, if I put a bar on your back and imagine if I just loaded that whole bar with plates and every time we work on something, I just pull a little bit off. So if you can think about having a back squat bar on your back with whatever weight is really, really heavy to you. For me, I was like, you know, I, I in my heyday squatted a lot of weight. So I go, you know, if I have 600 pounds on my back, I can't move. I can stand there, but I can't move. So, so I'm not very functional. But if I pull a plate off, all of a sudden I can move a little bit. So that's emptying the liver. So that's going to reduce stress. You're listening to Eat for Life, the show that aims to help you identify the root causes of what ails you so you can heal and live the life you are meant for. I'm your host, Sammy G. The very mention of parasites often brings a chill to the spine. But the truth is that we all have them, and they are an integral part of our internal ecosystem. It's only when our microbial terrain becomes unbalanced due to a wide variety of factors that they can be problematic. Many researchers and clinicians have shown that a toxic body actually welcomes pathogens, as some parasites have been shown to reduce pollutant levels in the tissues of their host. Parasites may act as sponges in the gut, meaning they can be capable of absorbing many times their weight in heavy metals and toxins and thus may protect their host from these substances. In fact, copper toxicity is a condition I see a lot in my practice, but I also see copper deficiency. When copper and ceruloplasmin, a copper-binding protein, are low, I always consider parasites and other organisms that can impact the body's ability to metabolize not just copper, but other harmful heavy metals as well. Again, it's an ecosystem that we must bring into balance. Parasites are highly intelligent organisms with complex skill sets that are far more advanced than previously believed. Parasitic infections are not limited to underdeveloped countries with poor access to clean water and hygiene products. Developed countries like the United States also have high rates of parasitic infections, but because parasites cause a wide variety of symptoms, many people do not realize their symptoms may be linked to these infections. So today I'm talking with Dr. Jabin Moore, founder of the Redefining Wellness Center in Kansas City. Dr. Moore is a doctor of chiropractic who works virtually with clients through functional medicine to assist them in overcoming chronic health conditions. At age 25, he went from being an award-winning college athlete to not being able to get out of bed. He sought out countless doctors looking for answers, but doctors only gave him Band-Aid solutions. He was later diagnosed with Lyme disease. Once he overcame this complex infection, He dedicated his practice to helping clients discover the causes of their symptoms. Dr. Moore specializes in Lyme disease, PANS and PANDAS, autism, parasitic infections, and environmental toxicities. Thanks for being with us today. Here's my conversation with Dr. Moore.
So welcome to the show, Dr. Moore. It's wonderful to have you. Well, thanks for having me today. I'm excited for this conversation because parasites are very misunderstood and contrary to popular belief, very common in developed countries like the United States. So today we'll be talking about what parasites are, how they function, symptoms associated with them, as well as steps listeners can take to eradicate them. As you know, parasites are highly intelligent organisms and very good at hiding and gradually altering their host behavior and biology, which is why many people don't realize that their symptoms may be linked to a parasitic infection. So Dr. Moore, could you please start us off by defining what a parasite is and a bit about the different types? So a parasite technically when you look at the the book definition is something that takes from you or harms you, but doesn't give anything back. Now, that gets a little murky with what research is showing us. We can dive into that more as we go. But some of the things that are in that category would be tapeworms, which is the big long worms everybody sees on the uh, Instagram posts or the things that you think about when you think about parasites. Although 70% of parasites are single cellular organisms. So these are things like Babesia, which is a protozoa. So it's very, very small. You cannot see it with your naked eye. And there's things in between like nematode type parasites, which would be strongyloides, which affects more than a hundred million people in the world. That is when you see it come out, it may look like rice or, or like some very small little white pearl or something that you're having come out in your stool when you're cleaning these things out. And lots of clients every day when I'm talking to them, like, yeah, I had these little white things come out. Could that be a parasite? I'm like, well, did you eat rice or anything else that would look like that? No. I'm like, well, there we go. Let's <laughs> let's check it out. Yeah. I, I really appreciate you starting us off that way because I think kind of going back to what I initially said with there being a lot of confusion about what they are and there are different types and they, and they all have different mechanisms of action as well. You know, like Giardia is something that we often see and that typically has a certain set of symptoms that, you know, but most people are familiar with what that is uh, and how that impacts the body. Although there are a lot of different ways that certain of these organisms can impact the body that are not commonly known. So I'm curious, many of the clients that I work with, and I'm sure you as well, are probably shocked to know that the things like tap water can harbor parasites because they think city water is clean water, which is why properly filtered water is so important. Pets can be a source as well. What are some other perhaps lesser known ways in which a person may be infected by a parasite? Yeah. So I talk to people every day and you mentioned already, Western world, we think we're clean. And the truth is just, that's not real. If you actually think about it, if you have an animal, do you, you probably once or twice a year due to your vet's recommendation, deworm them. So whether you have a cat, dog, horse, ferret, bird, you probably are doing something deworming them. If you think about where this, why this is, it's because they're in your environment. They're in your environment. They're in your home. So even an indoor cat that lives inside your house that you feed little nuggets of food that have been tested for parasites still can get parasites. So your home has parasites in it because people walk through the door with their shoes on and that shoe has soil from the ground that you walked on. So you're carrying different spores, different parasite eggs and ovum into your home from the bottom of your shoes. Your animals, when they go outside, they are eating grass and playing in dirt. And who knows, maybe your dog's eating poop. This is something that brings it in. If you go swim in any body of water that isn't filled with chemicals, so maybe your crystal clear pool that you, what did they say? You shock the pool with all the chemicals so often may not have parasites, but pretty much every other body of water does. So where a lot of the Giardia comes from. So if you go swim in the lake, the ocean, in a creek, that's a, a common area. Food supplies, 
in the United States definitely have parasites. So let's let's just mm-hmm. stop and think about this for a while. We think, no, we're clean. Our food is really well sourced, but our food comes from everywhere else. So in the winter in the United States, if you're in Kansas City, Missouri, where I am, you're like, okay, well, I want raspberries. We can't get that here. We can't grow that here. South America or Mexico or India or some other place. And if you eat a raspberry, you didn't cook it. Well, there could be a spore in there. Because remember, 70% of parasites are microscopic. You can't see them. So they could be in your food. You can't see them. So whether it's a raspberry, broccoli, or it's that sushi you ate last week that is raw meat that hasn't been cooked and harbors parasites, which that's more common. People are like, okay, yeah, you don't cook meat. It can have parasites. That's a common thought, which is why I started with fruits and vegetables because I get my vegan clients to come there. Well, I can't have that. Well, yeah, yeah, you can because you're eating a raw, non-cooked fruit or vegetable, which organisms place their eggs on to grow and harbor the, the organism. And then they can eat that food just like we can to grow and reproduce themselves. So mm. parasites are coming from the soil that you walk on. You can't avoid it. Your animals, your food supply. And then some other pieces of the puzzle is, you know, if, if I come to your home and I take my shoe off and not even my shoe, but I'm playing with a dog or a cat or something. And then I touch your doorknob and I take in place what was on my hand on your doorknob, not, not knowingly, I didn't think about this. It's not an active thought, but then you touch your doorknob or you touch the door going into a restaurant. You can pick up parasites there too. So parasites are everywhere. It's not something that I try to avoid. It's something I try to build my body to be able to handle. Exactly. Exactly. I'm so glad you said that. And we will get into that in a bit as well, because we always want to be looking at the ecosystem and the terrain. And, and I think that's, a, that's definitely a missing piece in the conventional medical paradigm. I'm glad you mentioned and talked more about pets and, and passing things on. Something else I thought of while you were speaking is even if you don't have animals, you can be passing, family members can be passing things back and forth wherever they pick them up, as you shared, a restaurant or a doorknob, you know, what have you, anything. And I, and I agree, it's not about living in fear and being, you know, wiping everything down before you use it. I think it's more about how are we caring for our bodies? How are we managing our stress, sleep hygiene, all of those wonderful things that are so critical and I, I always encourage people to take their shoes off before they enter their home. I do that. I just, like you said, you just don't know what you're going to be picking up being out in the world. So that's very, very helpful. You know, online searches often mention acute symptoms such as fever, diarrhea, and fatigue, but there are numerous other symptoms associated with parasite infections such as iron deficiency anemia, constipation, insomnia teeth grinding, and even heart palpitations. So I'm really curious, what do you tend to see in your clinical practice in terms of symptoms? And the ones you mentioned are very common. I also see associated with those left skin issues, eczema, psoriasis, rashes, yeast on the skin, yeast in the mouth. I'm thinking parasites might be a possibility in this situation. Any GI issue, food allergies, Parasites are likely going to be a part of that puzzle. So if you have cramping, bloating, diarrhea, acid reflux, any of the digestive, it just depends on the organism, right? Because parasites is not one organism. It's numerous organisms. Some of them, like Giardia, is going to cause significant diarrhea. Mm -hmm. However, others like 
Strongyloides may cause significant inflammation within the joints of the body because it likes to get in the muscle tissues. That's where it harbors itself, but it can get in the tissues and cause pain. So there's one with pain. Other parasites, they don't want to leave your body. They want to stay. It's nice and warm and they get fed and they love it. Yeah. So they release endotoxins that causes constipation so that your body doesn't flush them out. So that's other parasites. So it just depends on the, the parasite organism and, and how it does its life cycle, what it's going to cause in you. But all the ones you mentioned, including brain fog in MS type symptoms. So brain symptoms, because MS, when there was a study done, an autopsy done to people with a, a hundred different people, all had MS, 100 out of 100 brains had nematode parasites in it. It's not 99 out of hundred or 50%. It's 100 out of 100. Just take that wow. in for a moment. So autoimmune diseases are oftentimes associated with something triggering your body to be overreactive. Parasites are a big piece of that puzzle. So when I work with clients that are dealing with rheumatoid arthritis, I'm going, okay, yeah. do you have Lyme disease or strongyloides? I'm not thinking your body's attacking itself because it's stupid. I'm thinking your body's attacking itself for a reason. What is that reason? The medical diagnosis is rheumatoid arthritis, which describes an immune response that is causing damage to your tissue, but they're not describing what caused that to happen. And you can really take that to any diagnosis. I'm always talking to people saying, hey, medical doctors are trained to diagnose symptoms with a term that diagnoses what that symptom is, yeah. not diagnose it with what is a causation for it very often, unless you know food poisoning is a bacteria. Yeah, they get that. They give you something for that. Maybe not what I would give you, but that's a root cause that caused, you know, diarrhea, vomiting, et cetera. Mm -hmm. But all these autoimmune diseases are just left in the dust and people don't think, well, is it possible that a parasite or something else is causing that? Absolutely. Thank you for beautifully walking us through that. Literally, there are hundreds of symptoms that can be associated with any form of parasite, essentially. They can even invade the gallbladder and physically block the bile duct. I mean, that that's another one. And the insomnia, I, I always try to encourage people to remember that parasites tend to be more active at night, which we'll get into in a bit. And this can cause a rise in cortisol. And we know that cortisol can disrupt sleep. So there are such a variety of things happening in the human body and, and where they like to, to congregate, as you shared. And I think also about H. pylori and the medical literature says it's, it's, it's in the stomach and it can cause a ulcer. However, we know that that specific bacterium can also be in the gum tissue. It can also go into other areas of the body and cause a lot of really hefty and significant health challenges. So I think this, this aspect of what we're talking about, especially the brain, is just so critical because we know what happens in the gut doesn't stay in the gut and that the gut and the brain are constantly talking to each other via the vagus nerve. So if there are problems in the GI tract, the vagus nerve tells the brain about it, which may lead to the development of symptoms elsewhere in the body that are seemingly unrelated. I've seen parasites, as a, I'm sure you have, Dr. Moore, impact mental health in a really significant way. And because that's such a big part of my practice, I always want to make sure I'm looking in that, in that area to those relationships. So I, I'm curious, what types of like downstream effects do you tend to see in the area of mental health and parasites? So parasites are so commonly associated with, with mental health that it's, it's just a one-to-one -one for me. Like if you have some sort of mental health issue, we probably have a parasite somewhere because parasites in studies have shown like toxoplasmosis, for instance, to get in the brain of a mouse, 
run that mouse out. So it takes over the brain, the cognition runs that mouse out in front of a cat because it's end host that it wants to be in is the cat. So it actually takes you over and makes you do things. So parasites also can, as you mentioned, Bach bile duct, there's liver flukes. They really named the liver flukes mm. because they go into the liver, the liver itself. If you look at Eastern medicine, so I've, I've trained in all kinds of different trainings and in Eastern medicine, the liver is the, the organ of anger yes. and gallbladder is resentment. Mm -hmm. So a lot of people today are angry and irritable, especially people dealing with parasites. So when we have these mental health symptoms, I'm going, you know, you're pretty angry. And I go, oh, your liver's flared up because we're doing a parasite protocol. You're a little irritable. Like these things start to connect for mm -hmm. me. Some other pieces is as parasites are in your body, they're releasing endotoxins, they're eating your food, they're stressing your nervous system, they're stressing your immune system. That stress puts you in a state of fight or flight. Fight or flight puts you to where you're protective. So you're going to be reactive. You might be, you might jump, you might do something where your body, you know, you might push people off or react in a way you don't feel like you should. You could be more angry. You could be anxious because your body's constantly looking around like, you know, I've already got this parasite infection. There's, there's a lot going on. Parasites can also create inflammation and inflamed brain, which we found through a lot of research is a depressed brain. Mm -hmm. So if your brain has that inflammation on it, it can be depressed. It can be reactive. It can be anxious and protective. So all of these types of mental health things that are going on, that is, I mean, it is an epidemic or a pandemic of loneliness and anxiety yes. and depression these days. And we wonder why. Well, our bodies are on a constant protective state because there's so much coming in and out of our lives that is affecting us. There's so much toxin that's feeding parasite. So then now our bodies are in this constant state of mental health struggles. And every client that comes to me as they rate themselves, I have them in their, their paperwork, go through and give me a chronological history of their life. So I can understand, did anxiety start when you were four or five? Did it start when you're 40? How about 60? Yeah. So I can know if this has been a chronic issue because there are some people that are going to be a little bit more on the the worry side, maybe than the rest of us. I tend not to worry a whole lot. Just ask my wife. She's like, never worry about anything. And I'm like, well, there's things I can do something about. There's things I can't do something about. Why am I going to worry about something I can't do something about? Right. Mm, exactly. So that's just like a, a mindset. But so many people these days are, are stuck in this anxiety. I'm like, okay, look, you're a nine out of 10 today. That's where you're at. And that's okay. It's okay to be there. And we have a rating and we're going to track this coming down. And as we clear out the liver first, right? So I have to go to the liver before parasite because I need to make sure that the liver mm -hmm. is at least as clean as I can be. You start seeing that irritability come down. You start seeing that anxiety start to drop. When we go and clear out parasites, the, it just like, it's like taking the load off someone's shoulders. Mm -hmm. I'm, a, I'm a lifter. I like to go to the gym. So the way I mentioned this is the way my program works is if, if I put a bar on your back and imagine if I just loaded that whole bar with plates. And every time we work on something, I just pull a little bit off. So if you can think about having a back squat bar on your back with whatever weight is really, really heavy to you. For me, I was like, you know, I, I in my heyday squatted a lot of weight. So I go, you know, if I have 600 pounds on my back, I can't move. Mm. I can stand there, but I can't move. So, <laughs> so I'm not very functional. But if I pull a plate off, all of a sudden I can move a little bit. Mm. So that's emptying the liver. So that's going to reduce stress. If I pull off another plate, maybe that's parasites. There's less stress. Now my body's operating better. I pull off a little bit more. And then when I get down to the bar, I'm living life. I'm excited. That inflammation's off my brain. I'm not depressed because it'd be a pretty depressing life. If, again, think about the bar being on your back. You can't move. You can't do anything. When your body's overloaded, you're stuck. You yeah. feel stuck, which creates that anxiety, creates that fight or flight. Because you know, if somebody just pushes you in the back with your max amount of weight on your back, that could take you down. It could injure you. Mm -hmm. So 
That's an analogy I use. Like, I'm a weightlifter, so it makes sense to me. Does that does that click? If you've ever wished you could just find that one thing that's causing your suffering, you're not alone. We've all hoped for a magic pill that will fix that one root cause of our pain. But I'm here to tell you there is no such thing as one root cause. I blame influencer marketing and Dr. Google for selling us on these magic pills. They claim to have the answers to all our health problems, yet few people get well from their guidance. In fact, most of the time, I see people getting worse from their guidance because they keep falling down the rabbit hole of information overload that may or may not apply to them. This process is terribly draining on your pocketbook, as well as physical and emotional health. Not to mention what can happen if a diet or supplement is not appropriate for your chemistry. If you're ready to start the healing process, I invite you to book a complimentary consultation with me to see how I can help you overcome things like hormonal imbalances, ADHD, chronic fatigue, depression, anxiety, brain fog, and digestive distress. Go to eat4.life, then click on the free consultation button to book your complimentary discovery call. Absolutely. I'm glad that you shared. I think the visuals are really, really important. And and I also think about, we, we hear this all the time, but peeling, it's like peeling an onion. You know, parasites can hide in crypts in the intestinal tract. So working on these types of infections is like peeling an onion. Until some healing takes place, you, you cannot peel off the top layer to see what's present in the deeper layers. So I think having uh, an easy to understand analogy is is really really critical because I, I again it's just so widely misunderstood and as one of the reasons I was so excited to have you on the show so that we could really dive deeper into what they are and and how they function. You know, I also while I'm thinking about this Dr. Moore, um kind of going back to sleep and insomnia and so forth and mental health because I think this is is related. I don't want to forget to mention why parasites are uh, are, are more active during a full moon and you know, it's believed that this may be due to the influence of the lunar cycle on serotonin and melatonin. And these neurotransmitters fluctuate throughout the month, just like our bodies fluctuate throughout the month. And this can affect the mobility of parasites and the strength of the immune system. So during a full moon, melatonin levels can decrease significantly and melatonin controls the part of the immune system that fends off parasites. So when melatonin levels are down, parasites become more active, and then you've got serotonin levels increasing during the full moon, and parasitic worms use serotonin to help them move. So it's really interesting, this relationship. And I think, and also, you know, when they when the parasites have access to more serotonin, they can move more as well. So, so there's this really fascinating connection with our hormones and our neurotransmitters and then, you know, enzymatic activity, of course, in the body. And also the recommendations provided in the physician's desk, desk reference for how to treat parasites, I think are, they're, they're sufficient for an acute infection or might be sufficient for an acute infection. Love your thoughts on that. Or a parasite that has more recently been acquired, but are often inadequate for chronic infections that have been going on for years or decades and then we have to be mindful of some of the medications that are used to treat these infections because they can wipe out a lot of the beneficial organisms in the gut. So, you know, we want to avoid that as well. I tend to work in phases in my practice. And we, like you shared, we want to be looking at liver health. We want to make sure drainage pathways are open. We want to look at that in, entire terrain and not just focus on killing. So with all that being said, I'm really curious, what are some options for people that that don't want to go the medication route? 
There are a ton of options and, and the phases is why it works. The phases is why it works to get well and medications aren't necessary. That ties into what you were talking about right before this with the onion. If you have the onion or if you have the weight plates, either one, you have to deal with the first layer first. So there is an order that you actually need to go through mm-hmm. to make things successful. Whether you're using medication, herbs, homeopathics, there is an order to the body and it's unique to each person so that you can peel that layer back, then get to the next layer. Unfortunately, most people's bodies, you cannot just take a knife and cut through the onion and then pull the middle out. It just <laughs> doesn't work for people, mm-hmm. which is what medications often are trying to do. They're like, well, if you just slam the body with this, it'll take that out and it, it'll work. But the problem is that doesn't seem to be the truth. Mm-hmm. If you, some reasons why this is happening is if you don't deal with the liver first and then make sure the body can clean itself out, then those parasites end up being killed and then they become more toxic where your body can't heal it, which then throws off your your uh, acidity level. It throws mm-hmm. off your digestive tract bacteria. It can throw off even your ability to breathe. So you'll get, end up with asthma and these other symptoms. Well, when that happens, that weakens your body. It weakens your mitochondria. Your mitochondria may become damaged. When that happens, your immune system gets suppressed and then organisms come in. Mm-hmm. So you, you were trying to get them out, but by the behavior that you did or the act that you took, now you have more in, you may have killed some, but you got more. So it doesn't end the cycle. Mm. So it's peeling that onion back appropriately by addressing the liver appropriately, then getting the GI bacteria and the parasites that are in the lower gut around the liver taken care of before you move out into the rest of the body. And then also making sure that you're in a safe environment to heal. That's one of the big pillars mm. that we work on in my clinic is you have to be in an environment that is safe. So you've got to make sure your water's clean. So you're not bringing in heavy metals and toxins and new parasites through tap water because mm-hmm. that's common in tap water. Yes. You're making sure that the food you eat is non-toxic, not necessarily parasite free because that might be impossible, but non-toxic. So it's not feeding the parasites. Mm-hmm. And then you have to make sure that you're not living in mold. All of those pieces have to be a big pillar. Again, if you're living in mold, medication, no medication, doesn't matter, probably not going to work. So then the mental health piece that you've talked about that you do in your practice a lot, I also find to be extremely important in my practice. So it's like pillar one, live in a safe place. Pillar two, you have to feel safe within your body. And if you're not doing that, then you're in a state of fight or flight. Being in a state of fight or flight means your immune system, your recovery, so your body's ability to heal itself are actually a bit shut down. And your body is more in that survival mode of just avoid new problems. Mm-hmm. So you've got to get yourself into more parasympathetic and it's a chicken or an egg kind of conversation. It's like, how do I get to parasympathetic if I got parasites? Well, we work on both at the same time. Yeah. And so you do the safe place, you do the feel safe part, then you go into cleaning out the liver, then you get into those pathogens. And there's a lot of herbs that are really effective at bringing your body back to balance. So it's not even about eradication. That's that's one of the misnomers. It's about mm-hmm. people think if I take this med, I can just kill it all. Yes, You can, which leaves you weaker. There is a time and place for meds. There is a time and place where that is the right answer in an acute situation. Mm -hmm. But most of the time, bringing those herbs in that are more harmonizing. So they reduce a pathogenic load, but they also give you nutrients to rebuild your tissue at the same time. So you're actually creating that balance. Mm -hmm. When you reach balance, your body will keep organisms at bay, not in a bad way. It's the fact that our body has 40,000 named bacteria in the gut, I don't know how many named viruses, tons of parasites and and funguses that are supposed to be here. Mm -hmm. And when that's in balance, they fend off 
pathogenic organisms and they keep themselves in check to where they don't become pathogenic. One example of this is E. coli. E. coli in balance, really healthy. E. coli out of balance, diarrhea, cramping, all kinds of problems. H. pylori is the same. You look it up on PubMed, Mm -hmm. there are studies that show that H. pylori can be symbiotic in the right state of health, whereas it becomes pathogenic or harmful in the wrong state of health. And that's why I said early on, parasites are supposed to do nothing good for you, but there's a theory and it's got some backing that your body would bring parasites in to clean itself out of metals, toxins, environmental toxins, (laughs) and then flush them when it was through with that process. Unfortunately, today with a society we live in, it's a constant barrage of toxins that never ends. And because it never ends, they feed, they feed, they reproduce. Now there's more mouths to feed. They feed, they feed, they reproduce. And now you're sick because they're pathogenic. So I think that answered your question. I think I got to a lot of it. I know I got a little bit of a tangent there. No, I love your tangents. They're important. And I think you you had several pearls of wisdom in what you just shared. I'm glad you spoke about having a safe environment. And that is something that I think every practitioner should should make a part of their practice. If you are not eating well, if you are not drinking properly filtered water, if your stress isn't managed, if you don't have good sleep hygiene, we go, we can go on and on here, then it is going to be difficult. Also, I'm glad you talked about mold. Now that's another show, <laughs> but we know that that's also getting out of control in, in terms of the direction that our world has gone in, especially over the last, I want to say, 10 years with the way that buildings are being built and and there, there are a lot of factors going there, Wi-Fi as well, and the impact that that has on mold production. So I think that that is really, really critical. And then I love how you talked about harmonizing herbs because they are wonderful in the sense that they're not just flagile. They're not just targeting one thing. Usually they work in a harmonizing way, as, as you shared, they, they work on multiple organisms. They work on balance. Some of them can also be used to support the liver and the digestive system as a whole. So I, I'm glad that you, you, you brought that up because I think, I mean, there's so much we can do with botanicals. And I always want to encourage people to consider that and work with someone like yourself or someone like myself that, that can guide appropriately. You know, I'm, Dr. Moore, I'm really curious in terms of testing, often we see individuals with high eosinophils on a CBC to be suggestive of parasites. And then, of course, there's always, you can do a, a, an OMP, which is a microscopic ova and parasite examination, but, you know, that has its limitations. A GI map is also helpful, and I really do like GI maps, but again, because they like to hide they aren't always detected. So I'm, I know you have a lot to say on this topic. I've heard you speak on this before. I'm, I'm really curious what your thoughts are on testing for parasites. Yeah. So parasite testing is unfortunately very poor. There's just not a lot of great options. So you have to be a bit of a detective as a doc, which is why one of the reasons Western medicine docs are not in a position where they can find these. They don't have the time, the resources. It's not within the insurance paradigm to run a lot of testing, sit down, spend the time to really understand parasites and then look through all those other tests to not have an exact yes or no answer. So that's where it's tough. Mm -hmm. So within testing, you mentioned eosinophils. That's probably one of the biggest markers I look for. Anything over five on your, your breakdown, your differential of your white blood cells is going to be a sign to me, look for parasites. From there, I'm going to look at symptoms. I have questionnaires in my office 
But I also have just some basic concepts to help people to understand why lab testing isn't going to be my biggest one. One, stool sampling. Most companies have a tech looking at these stool samples, doing their job, doing their job well. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Their job is to take poop, put it on a slide, spend one to three minutes looking for ovum, go to the next one. Mm -hmm. That's not a pathologist looking for different parts of a parasite, looking through multiple different slides, making sure that they have a really thorough look. They're also not looking visually at the sample going, is that a parasite or not? Mm -hmm. They're looking for very specific things in most labs. Mm -hmm. So there are some pathologists that are starting to do this a little bit more. It is starting to become a little bit more popular because I think that the parasite movement is finally catching. Mm -hmm. I've been talking about this. I did an entire summit on it like three years ago now. So it's coming along, but it's just not there in testing. So then conceptually, it's like, why, why would I treat for parasite versus something else? Well, if you're living in an environment that is environmentally toxic, whether that's metal or environmental toxins, there's a high likelihood that you're dealing with parasites because they're brought into your body to clean it. <laughs> if you're living in mold, your body has been suppressed by that mold and allows anything you come into contact with to give you parasites. If you eat food, you have come in contact with a parasite. <laughs> I realize that's everybody. <laughs> Indeed. Indeed. So, if you're immune suppressed and you have symptoms, so if you have significant anxiety, fatigue, brain fog, any of those types of symptoms, your body isn't operating normally. You have come in contact with a parasite. So the likelihood that you should do a parasite cleanse is very high. Mm -hmm. My opinion is just like going to the dentist, we do a parasite cleanse twice a year. At least I like to do it quarterly just to keep our body clean. And that's prevention versus for those who are already sick. But for those who are sick, it's almost a guarantee it's worth looking into because you have nothing to lose. And for me, instead of running several four, $8,000 tests, yeah, yeah, I'm going to do a $100 parasite cleanse and it's either going to help me or, you know, it's a hundred bucks to a thousand. So <laughs> that's my opinion of it. But I'm also that guy that doesn't want to spend all your money. I want to make sure that if I can, we're going to pick the fewest possible supplements, the fewest possible number of changes in your life to get you as hundred percent well. And then I do want to teach you how to stay there, right? So mm -hmm. my clinic's redefining wellness. So it's like I want to keep, I want to do something where we stay redefined. We want to redefine our lives and stay there. We do not want to go backwards. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. And we'll definitely be linking to your practice in the show notes. And I I love how you shared we we kind of want to go the easiest route that's going to be best on you and your body. And I know testing, yes, it can get quite expensive and, and I do the same. I want to make sure um, that I'm meeting the client where they're at, what they can obviously tolerate and, and also support them in a way financially so that it's not so overwhelming. And what's interesting is there's so much out there, so much marketing out there around this test and that test and look at what all we, we test for and, and, and what's included and, and this is going to be the be all end all. And, and then I, I, I see a lot of people doing kind of the, the patient direct testing with some of these companies and feeling really kind of ripped off. And I always want to try to avoid that as well. You know, Dr. Moore, I'd, I'd love to ask you if there's anything that I have missed or anything you would like to add to this conversation. We talked about it early on. I think it's just a good place. And I, I never want to miss saying this. It seems overwhelming when I say you have come into contact with parasite. Mm -hmm. You have ate food with a parasite. And if you have symptoms, you need to do something, right? Like that be, that feels overwhelming. The, the key here is 
A healthy body is designed to defend itself. A healthy body is designed to be healthy. You just have to make sure that you are putting it in a position to which that is where it stays. And that's why living in a safe place is such a big pillar of my clinic to start with. Then making sure that you feel safe in that place. So you're working on your mental health by allowing yourself to rest. I mean, one of the things I tell one of my clients to do, and it's funny, but it's, it's also legitimately something I tell them. I say, go stare at a tree. So many of the women I'm working with, they're, they're moms, they're working jobs, they're yes. trying to take care of the house. They're incredible people. The problem is they're, they're, they feel like they've got the world on their shoulders. There's like that picture of Atlas with yeah. the world sitting on his shoulders. This is a lot of the moms that I'm working with. And I'm like, you've got to give yourself time. I don't care if you go lock yourself in the bathroom and tell your kids you'll be out in five minutes. You just go in there and take some breathe, breathing training and do some breath work for five minutes sitting on the toilet with the door locked because this is so important to keeping you well. And when you do these simple eat healthy and do your breath work, control your stress, you'll stay well. Now, mm-hmm. there is a gap there. You have to go from being sick to getting well. And parasites is a big part of that. And using things like black walnut and wormwood and blue tenzi. These are, are, you know, neem and noni. These are some of my favorite antimicrobial herbals for parasites. Those can help bridge the gap from sick to just staying well, staying redefined. Hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you said that. I work with a lot of families and, and mothers, autism as well. And it can be so overwhelming when there's multiple children in the home and both parents are working and, and you know, where do I go from here? So I, I think that those those tips of the simple things that you can do, like going in the bathroom or even I'll say, if you can go in the bedroom, lock the door, lie down for even, yes, five or 10 minutes, do some deep breathing. I think prayer is also helpful. I have found that to be extremely beneficial in my life in addition to deep breathing and some of the other techniques, but just something that that can kind of bring you back into that moment and help take the edge off. So I think that's that is significant. I'm glad you shared that with us. I'm curious, the last question I have for you, Dr. Moore, what's one thing you wish people would ask about parasites, but but don't? I know that's, I realize that's kind of a, a loaded question, but I, I think it's it's an important one because as you've shared, people don't really realize that, you know, the impact. You know, the one thing I think I want people to understand more, so I guess it, it's a question of, is this something that I have to deal with my whole life? Mm, yes. I do get that question here and there, but it's just that concept of, will I have to continue doing work? And then the answer is yes, you do have to continue doing work. Mm -hmm. You don't have to continue being sick. Mm -hmm. So, and the work isn't going to be as hard when you're healthy and you're well, and your body has its resilience to it. Yes. So I guess I like to just change that question from this like little kid kind of avatar thought of like, do I really have to do that? I don't want to do that to what do I have to do to stay optimal? Mm-hmm. What do I have to do so that I can continue to live doing all the things that I want to do? Because me personally, I love exercise. I like to go do workouts six, seven days a week. I like to travel. I want to go for hikes. I want to live life. I want to go out and eat food and not worry about having a negative reaction to it. I'm not saying that you go out and eat anything you want, you know, <laughs> junk food, fast food, etc. But I want to be able to eat pretty much any quality food and have no fear of it. Mm-hmm. And a lot of my clients don't have that. So it's that question of, 
how do we stay well and optimal for a lifetime with excitement instead of it's like another job? Yeah. Yeah. I'm so glad you said that too. I think and initially when someone is extremely overwhelmed, probably anxious, depressed, in pain, you know, perhaps not sleeping, and they think about embarking on something like this, it, it feels all encompassing. It feels too overwhelming. And how am I going to do this? Another thing I'd like to add to what you said is when you are well, you can do more. You can be more financially secure if, if there's a financial limitation. I know for me, when I first started my journey, I was suicidal. I was a lot of things that I've talked about on other shows and, you know, obviously on my website. However, and, and I, you know, I had to put my healing on a credit card and I'm not saying that's for everyone and I'm not promoting that. I'm just saying that for me, in order to get to that next place to where I could have some kind of peace and joy in my life, I had to go that route. And of course, that was paid off many, many years ago. And now I'm, I'm helping others that are struggling the way that I was all those years ago. So parasites can be a heavy topic, but I always want to leave on a very positive note. And I always want people to know that healing is always possible. And it's just a matter of, of, of working with the right person and figuring out what is, is, is amiss and starting that process. But I, I, what I can promise is that the more you put one foot in front of the other, and then the more you incorporate things and make this a lifestyle, it is a lifestyle. But when you get there and you start feeling better, it is easier and it becomes like second nature, like brushing your teeth every day. You just food prep and you organize and it becomes quite easy. So I'm, I'm glad you shared those things. And I am so grateful for you and your wisdom. And I really, really appreciate your time today. Well, I just enjoy talking about it, spreading the word, and hopefully this can change some people's perspectives or lives or give them an opportunity to move forward because that's that's what we're here for that's what we're trying to do is just educate give people informed consent mm -hmm. to be able to make health decisions because they actually hear it i mean i spent a long time when i was sick having no idea i could have lyme disease and then tell somebody literally at a conference is like well have you thought of lyme disease and i was like mm -hmm. no what's that and <laughs> finally when somebody got my mind onto it i started searching i was able to find answers and get well so that's, that's the goal is just to be able to give people information to create an opportunity for change. Yes. Yes. Amen to that. I do appreciate that. And, and again, thank you for your time, Dr. Moore. This has been a great, a great conversation. I trust my conversation with Dr. Moore was eye-opening for you. It's truly amazing the way pathogens impact us. But as I often share on my show, we have so much power in our choices to overcome these infections. Dr. Moore reminds us that feeling safe in your environment sets the tone for your health and is an important first step in your healing process. You can find Dr. Moore at drjabinmoore.com where you can gain access to education, live videos, and free programs. I believe sharing is caring, so I have a favor to ask. If my show is helpful to you, I would be so grateful if you would leave me a rating and review in iTunes. It is through sharing that we create community, eliminate guilt and shame, and bring about healing. Thank you in advance for taking three minutes out of your day to support my show so others can find me.